Hey, I get it. I used to be the one planning my day around finding a bathroom and living in fear of an accident. I tried the pills and pads, but they just weren't working for me. If you're living like I was, it's time to find an expert physician and ask them about Axonix therapy. It's not another drug. It's an advanced therapy that is proven to provide lasting relief for overactive bladder. Still not sure? You can even try it first to make sure it works for you. You're not alone and you don't have to put up with this anymore. You just have to take the first step towards finding real relief. Visit findrealrelief.com to find a bladder specialist. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonix therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Pop a top again I've just got time for one more round All right, welcome back to episode 66 of Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast presented by The Hub Chicago and um, you know we got a pretty loaded show for you guys today pretty exciting one I think we're going to recap some some Super Bowl 54 stuff um, we're going to dive into the XFL because that starts this weekend. The inaugural season, I guess, of XFL 2.0 is this weekend. I'm um, going to dive into just like a season preview, some gambling insights on it. And then we're going to round out the show in the trending topic segment, talk about UFC 247. John Bones Jones fights this weekend. Probably one of the best UFC fighters of all time. Talk about that. Maybe sprinkle in some MLB trade talk Um, because there was a pretty big one yesterday that happened so it is Wednesday yeah not only the MLB trade talk but there have been a couple NBA trades too as well I have one that we could probably talk about that was very questionable very questionable trade on the Houston Rockets half so did I I know I've been getting some alerts did Andre Iguodala actually get traded or no I don't think he's been traded yet okay because I read Dylan Brooks and Memphis Grizzlies thing is some drama stirring within that organization itself. Yeah, I saw um, Carl, Anthony, Carl Anthony Towns wasn't happy about that trade, apparently. So. About what um, trade? Well, the trade Men- they made with the Rockets? Oh, uh, no, I was talking – well, Minnesota made a trade. I don't, I don't I can't remember the specifics, but Carl Anthony Towns wasn't happy with it. So. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't get that update. Um yeah, but anyway, we'll we'll chat on that on the outro on the show. That's the most less important thing. We'll kick off the show by talking about Super Bowl Fifty Four before we get to how horrendous we did for you guys on the gambling slate. Hey, hey, hey! Don't drag me down with you. I didn't do horrendous. I mean, I mean, in the green, in the green is in the green. As a collective, we were bad. You were bad. Yeah, one of the most horrendous, horrendous performances i've ever put on in my life i mean i was I, up i'm up on the up on the super bowl so i didn't do bad you did bad i lost every single bet ended up down 11 units and i was i was above travis on the year and just that just goes to show you how volatile this game can one be. weekend one weekend not even one weekend one fucking day i ended up down 11 units down six on the on 2020 Six and some change. Six you are down seven point three five now with the parlay you put out earlier in the week. Because I went chasing. I went. I went chasing. Went chasing. I redeemed him though on Tuesday night with some picks of my own. Uh, went for five and two. I am now up seven units. Even Jarrett's down seven point three five. So he's dragging us down point three five units. Not horrible, but could be worse. Yeah, so that's just one bad day. That's what one bad day gets. That's you. what one bad day can get you, man. I mean, you watch Uncut Gems, you know it. So it happened. I literally did not think I could lose every single bet, and I fucking did. Luckily, I randomly bet on the coin toss before the game started to actually not be down more money than I actually ended up paying the bookie. So, but um, <laughs> I know this is last on our list of things to talk about on Super Bowl Fifty Four, but best commercial. I want to just talk about that real quick, real. Yeah, right so so we we got the gambling aspect out of the way of it. We'll talk about more gambling stuff with XFL and UFC 247. Let's roll into, some, into Super Bowl 54. Travis wants to kick it off with the commercial talk. 
Yeah, so I'm sure all of you saw I saw it a little bit before Super Bowl 54, but the St. Archer Gold, uh, it's a beer. They are advertising themselves as the ultimate light beer, better than Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 carbs. It worked on me. I want to see what it's all about, and I got one here for you guys to try live on the show. I haven't had it yet, so here it is. It literally tastes like a craftier, like a weedier Michelob Ultra. Then I would like, like it's got it. a little bit more flavor. I would like it because I, I like wheat beers. So I'm gonna have to give it give it a whirl. Do you have it yeah. in bottles? Is it only in cans? It's only in these 12 ounce slim cans, just like a Mick Ultra is. And I think it was like $8.99 for a six pack. So it's not like horrible. Not great, but that's your cost of a six pack of like decently craft beer though well if you're gonna have the craft flavor i get it so i'm gonna have to give me a whirl but travis it's is pretty given, good it's pretty good i definitely recommend trying it travis has given some high praises to the archer what's it called archer gold? saint archer gold saint archer gold we will have to give that a whirl in the ryan household out here in teradalac because that sounds like it's right up our alley but um so if you guys try it see it let us know shoot us a dm shoot us shoot us a message but as far as best commercial goes, I'm I'm not really sure. It's like none of them like stood out to it's me. It's the fucking it's the Lil Nas X. I was yep, that's what I was gonna say. Either that one or the Post Malone one. Post Malone was good. Also the Cheetos guy, the guy who like can't touch this because he had Cheetos on his fingers. Oh uh, yeah. And then like then they got had any pretzels. Yeah, got any pretzels. And then I throw a couple sad ones your way with the old man trying to remember his wife with the with the Google Home. Yeah, uh, come on, man. And then the fucking dog, Golden Retriever with cancer. I legitimately cried. Like, Travis is sitting next to yeah, me. Yeah, cried like a, bald like a little bitch. Yeah, I mean, because I have two Goldens at home, so that hit very, very close to me. And uh, But, you know, I mean, I feel like the commercials, are, like, everyone's always like, man, they weren't that good this year. But really, at this point, like, have they ever really been that great? Like, have they? No, has, I don't think so. I yeah, I think everyone hypes them up, and, like, you, you, get, you get a few golden nuggets, like, the five we just talked about and everything else is just average. I mean, I just think that's, that's how it is, you know? So, yeah, I mean, Super Bowl commercials, not that great anymore. Everyone was honestly pumping up the halftime shows, Dick saying how great it was. I mean, I like everybody. And I was just like, it really wasn't even that great. I've seen worse, but I've seen got Shakira and, Jayla up there shaking their half naked asses. But other than that, like <laughs> the music wasn't that good. They brought out God knows who, as far as the men, Jay Balvin and bad bunny. Jesus ba- Christ. They sucked. But I mean, other than that, like Shakira and Jayla were good, but like, come on. Yeah. Well, what's, what, what's funny is like all like the, all the, uh, the fucking boomers that are bitching about how, Oh my God, this is a strip show. It's not relevant. Like, bitch, I saw Janet Jackson's titty, like, when I was fucking, like... It really wasn't even that bad. You go to the pool on a summer day, and girls are dressed less than what they were. Yeah, so... And, yeah, I mean, I've seen better, but I've seen worse by far, so... um, as far, But let's talk about the game. The game. Holy shit, I wanted to avoid that as long as possible. The game, I feel like, first of all, Travis and I were from Missouri, from St. Louis... We were not cheering for the Chiefs. Absolutely not. By any stretch of the measure. But I do want to say for all my friends who are Chiefs fans, who have been Chiefs fans for their whole lives, and there's really only one that I really know, and that's Cyrus Miller. I mean, he watched the Chiefs through some bad years. Like I remember when we were roommates in college, he watched the Chiefs when they were dog shit. So I'm happy for him, but everyone else who was like, Jumped on the Chiefs because when the Rams left town, man, I, I just can't, I can't, I can't support that. I can't do it. No, because I mean they're they were Super Bowl contender damn near when the Chiefs left the town, or when the Rams left town. Yeah, yeah. So, so not respectable in that point. Um, other than that, the game itself was it was close and it had its good points, but really it was kind of boring throughout seventy five percent of it. I just feel like anything was better than than what we saw last year. The thirteen to three. Well, yeah, anything was better than. It's going to be so, an upgrade. So I feel like if you if you compare it, like it, people always compare it to the year before, and obviously this one was way better than last year's. But if you compare it to like 
the uh, the Patriots Falcons one or Patriots the Patriots Eagles, Patriots Eagles game was great. So um, those are great Super Bowls. But the Niners a thousand percent self imploded. Why did Kyle it's- Shanahan? abandon the run in the fourth quarter that not even in the fourth quarter even to start the game he just wasn't looking run heavy with Mostert. he was playing a banged up tevin coleman making jimmy g throw the ball more downfield than he needed to be there's horrible execution and i mean okay but if he in that third quarter they fucking dominated with the run game why would you abandon that they basically i mean the chiefs won congratulations but the, the niners gave that game away they self-imploded kyle shanahan has now given up the two largest fourth quarter leads in Super Bowl history with the Falcons and with the fucking Niners. So something, yeah, that dude. I mean, um, he just can't coach in the biggest game of the year. Just forgets how to coach. He's like, I don't, I don't get it. Down, when you're down ten and Madden late, and you just need something, or up in Madden, and you're just like, you just blow it. I don't know yeah. what it is. He just can't. He can't coach. I don't. I mean, he can coach. So let's let's. Pump the brakes on that. The Duke can coach. Okay. He, took, he took a team that last year drafted second overall in the draft to the Super Bowl. That was so, only because Jimmy G was hurt. And they I, but I get it. With but, red. but still, he fucking got them there. Like, that's, a, yeah. that's an impressive feat. He but what's, this, what's he the saying? He lacks the clutch gene. No one gives a shit unless you win the last game of the year. Exactly. Exactly. No one cares, Kyle Shanahan. Win a fucking Super Bowl. Yeah. Um. But not saying, like, this may not have changed the game, but it definitely the Niners should have been going into halftime with at least a 13-10 to 10 lead because that offensive pass interference call at the end of the second quarter on fucking George Kittle was bullshit. And it kind of took the wind out of San Fran's sails a little bit. That call was questionable at best. That's probably – I mean, that's not called in – 95% of the games. Well, did you see, like, the side-by-side of the Kyle Rudolph one, the, the non-call? Versus way worse. Way worse. Way, way worse. worse. I mean, fucking George Kittle puts his hand out, but the, was it Sorensen? I think Sorensen. Sorensen, that was, white piece of shit that can't he, do anything. He was hand-fighting a little bit, too. So, I mean, stuff like that. Like, I was listening to the Pat McAfee show today, and I can't remember who they had on there. It was a guy who used to be really, really high up in the NFL officiating tree. And he's like, you know, it was ticky tacky, you know, and they didn't call you. They, I mean, I, you were watching it with, with, with my, with my uh, wife's parents and Carrie, my father-in-law was like, they called like no flags this game. Like they called no holdings, no anything. And apparently if you go back and watch it and missed a lot of holdings on both sides of the ball, which I'm fine with. If you're not going to call it both either way, you know, I, I'm cool with, but like that was very ticky tacky. And I feel like shit on it. Oh, it's horrible. I mean, they, it was the definition of hand fighting at the last second. George Kittle just kind of like, you know, ended the hand fighting and caught the fucking ball, and then they threw the flag on him. Yeah. Uh, it was not good. Like you said, probably may not have ended the game differently, but took the wind out of their sails, should have been up at halftime. I mean, at, at, the end of the, at the end of the day, they had a 10-point lead with six minutes left. If that were to happen, they would have a 13-point lead with six minutes left. Patrick Mahomes still do what Patrick Mahomes does best. I mean, they would have only needed a field goal there, though, at the end, rather than going deep. That's so, true. That's true. They could have won the game. That it, it technically, honestly, does just change the whole perspective of the game and what could have happened. Because if you're down ten rather than down thirteen, then you're down two touchdowns. You know, you're down two touchdowns. It's just a mindset thing rather than just being down a certain amount. Yeah. Um, one last thing I'll say: Damian Williams was robbed. Playoff Damien. That okay. He's not no. He's not known as Playoff Damien. <laughs> Let's just pump the brakes on that. Whoever I can't remember. Who, was it Troy Aikman that said that? Oh no. Uh, on him playoff. One of those dumbasses. Those dinguses. Um, I think Damien Williams. I, I'm sick of the narrative that. I mean, granted, Julian Edelman won it last year, but that quarterbacks have to win the MVP. Like I'm done with that narrative. Like yes, Patrick Mahomes played a great played played a good game. He also threw two interceptions and damn near lost his team the game. Whereas Damian Williams had over 100 yards from scrimmage, a fucking receiving touchdown. That that and that receiving touchdown really swung the momentum in the game. Yeah, big time. Yeah, and then he had the touchdown to pretty much seal ice it. it. Yeah, he iced he it. Did seal it. And then, but then again, you could argue that like 
That touchdown was garbage time. I don't know. It was a very, very tough call between Damian Williams and Patrick Mahomes. Very yeah. tough call. Um, because then you got to think, you know, if you don't have Patrick Mahomes in that game, do you win? Probably not. No, 100%. So I guess if you're going to put in theoreticals, um, you know, that's kind of how the cookie crumbles. But that's enough about Super Bowl 54. Uh, it was pretty good, better than last year's, obviously. Um, but we're looking forward to just kind of moving forward for us, me getting past and hopefully crawling and s- scratching and crawling back to get because that 11 unit swing fucking killed. That hurt a lot. Yeah. I mean, you were up right around four and now you're down seven. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be a hole to crawl out of for sure. For sure. But with that being said, we're going to roll into our Degenerates Digest slash XFL season preview. It's big. We're pumped. St. Louis has a team. Um, so we're going to roll into it. We're going to talk about the season as a whole and talk about the week one gambling slate. So let's get into it. Hey everyone. As you know, we've been recording with anchor for about a year now. And honestly, it's the best way to record a podcast. If you haven't heard about anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because a it's free B there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm actually recording this ad from my phone and they'll distribute your podcast to you for free to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like 10 other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required and it makes everything so simple. If you want to start a podcast today, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. My friends are degenerates, but I never change them. Liars, cheats, and hypocrites, not the time for saving. All right, so we before we dive in, this is a Degenerous Digest, but before we dive into the week one XFL lines, let's talk about the season as a whole. Now, really, it's going to be kind of tough to judge it before seeing the teams actually play we're basically going yeah. off what these guys have done in the past either in the AAF the CFL or college um, but we're going to try our best to kind of break it down and which we only know like a handful of players from each team too like no no so it's that's going to be the most difficult piece so if you know a guy from a team and we forget to mention them and it's probably just because we really honestly don't know who they are yeah yeah, but let's break it down to the Vegas odds to win the XFL championship. Um, there's eight teams. I'm just going to run through them pretty quick. You got the Dallas Renegades are the favorites at plus 275. The New York Guardians uh, at plus 320. The LA Wildcats at plus 500. The Tampa Bay Vipers at plus 550. DC Defenders at plus 750. The Houston Roughnecks at plus 900. And then you have our beloved... St. Louis Battlehawks tied with the Seattle Dragons as the least favorited teams to win the XFL championship at plus 1,000. I do not like that at all. I think these these odds are going to be, honestly, so far off, it's unbelievable. I think so, too. They have no idea, given just the rules, the rosters, because you haven't seen these people play really on a professional level, like maybe 20% of them, and I bet – these odds are not even close. No. I mean, honestly, you know, you could spread it out across a few different teams. Like if you pick three teams and bet 30 bucks on it, you know, I mean, I mean, 10 bucks a piece, you're probably going to have a pretty damn good shot at winning your money back and then some. So, yeah. Um, anyway, so that, those are the odds. We're going to dive into a bit about the XFL essentially. Um, so we're just going to like, just I mean, obviously we have not seen these guys play. They played some scrimmages, but you know, all we've seen is like a few highlights on social media. Um, but just based on the roster alone, who do you think has the best team on paper? Um, Travis, I'll let you go first and then I'll kind of dive into it. This is a tough one. I think we could just kind of 
go back and forth rather than just okay. Give well, you my I, whole spiel. I picked I picked the Houston Roughnecks as my favorite team on paper. See, I think that they have a very good roster. I I kind of gave I kind of put them in order of my standings and what I think they'll go. And they oh, okay. Were number, they were number three on mine. I just don't know because their quarterback's Connor Cook. I just don't know if he is that guy. That well, quarterback. He's also in a apparently a um, fucking guy. What am I saying? A competition for the starting for the starting job. Um, he's not he's not solidified as the guy yet. I think he will get it because he has NFL experience. But I like the fact they got Sammy Coates, uh, the former Auburn Tiger receiver. They got this other guy named Khalil Lewis. I was reading about played at Cincinnati, bounced around a couple practice squads in the NFL. Um, has been apparently really really a, a big stud, and they also have. Our guy Coney Ely. Yeah, we mentioned him last week about yeah. the possible Panthers MVP when they are in the Super Bowl. I have him on mine. I had Connor Cook, Sammy Coates, and Coney Ely as my like top three guys on that team. They're going to be good. Don't get me wrong, but I think just based on talent and coaching standpoint, that the Tampa Bay Vipers have my number one pick. They got Aaron Murray heading their QB room, uh, running back. Quarterback turned running back for the team, Quentin Flowers. He was the quarterback for USF over the last three or four years. They turned him into that, a running back. And that double forward pass thing, man. Yeah, and then you have the wide receiver, Antonio Callaway, who was in the NFL for the last few years. He's on the IR. Is he? Yeah, he's on IR, yeah. Wow. Well, he's on their roster, so I didn't look at who was healthy or not. But either way, you have Aaron Murray on your team compared to – a lot of other quarterbacks who do who are not that good, mm-hmm. that's going to give your give yourself the edge for me. So I have so, the Vipers at ling, lingering around the one or two. My number two is the Renegades, though. Okay, yeah, just because of their coach, which is Bob, Bob Stoops. Stoops. So Jones. speaking of coaches, which we're going to talk about this, and so which leads into our next question. You know, is our coach? I think the Vipers coach, Mark Trussman. Gives him an advantage. I mean, the dude's been around football for a long time. He's he's has NFL experience, has CFL experience. I mean, he knows what he's doing, and he's built his staff with a bunch of a bunch of CFL coaches who have experience in these lower tiers of football and know how to coach these guys up and eventually get them to the leagues. And That's, what I like about yeah. what I like about him is that so he he was a coach for the Bears earlier on in yeah. the two thousands, and he was. He was not good there. 2013, but, 2014, to be specific. Yeah, he won three Grey Cups in the CFL yep. and has been an offensive coordinator for five different NFL teams. I think that he's just good at this weird and quirky football. He's going to find ways to win and find like little rules and things to manipulate in the game. So I think he could be a success there for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I do like the Vipers. I just thought from a roster standpoint, uh, like top to bottom, I like the rough next to best. And that goes to show you what I think Vegas knows. I mean, they are basically second to last in Vegas odds at plus 900. And the, I mean, the Vipers are right there in the middle at plus 550. Yeah. Um, the Renegades are the favorite, but I can see that with Landry Jones. But he's hurt right now, man. Is he? Yeah, he, he, might, not, he might not play week one or week two. But even then they have Cameron Artis Payne, the old running back from the, Panther, or from the Panthers and the Auburn uh, Tigers. Yep. And they have wide receiver Tommy Lee Lewis, who played with the Saints for a couple of years. Yep. So yep. they're going to be pretty decent. I just think that people are kind of just playing down the uh, – call me a homer, but playing down the Battlehawks. I have them at number four on my list. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk – I'll talk more about the Battlehawks roster. So kind of like Travis did with all these questions. I went a little rogue on one of them. So um, you think best roster on paper, Tampa Bay Vipers. I think the Houston Roughnecks – you think a coach that's – so the second question, is there a coach in the league that gives their team a significant advantage? I picked Mark Tressman. I also wrote down uh, Bob Stoops, obviously in Dallas. Like, he's a great coach. Has been – I thought Mark Tressman was, like, more of a journeyman. Has been all over the place. And like you said, has had so much experience that he's going to be able to bring a lot to the table in Tampa Bay. So I got – so I, I like Bob Stoops and Mark Tressman as well. I have two others that I think could – Make their team better, just as a coaching standpoint. I think the L.A. Wildcats are going to be absolutely horrible. I hate their roster. But their coach, Winston Moss, he uh, 
he hired their he hired a guy named Pepper Johnson as their defensive coordinator who won two Super Bowls under Bill Belichick and Bill Parcells for the New York Giants. Um, and I think that that's probably going to do a lot to will their team to be a little bit better because their roster is just dog shit. Okay. I think he can, he can help them be less dog shit in L.A. I do, then, I do like L.A.'s quarterback, though. L.A.'s quarterback? Mm-hmm. I think it's Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson, the old Washington quarterback from last yeah. year. Yeah. But the only other guy I know on their roster is Nick Novak. And if you have to have a notable player be a kicker, that's gross. I mean, the fucking Battlehawks have Marquette King. I know, but I'm saying that's the only other notable guy I know on that team. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I like that one. Who's your, who, who's your other one that you got there? It's June Jones, the, court, the coach for the Roughnecks. Yep. He, um, one of his first jobs, actually, he was a wide receivers coach for the USFL. For the Houston Gamblers. Yep. That was Donald so, Trump's league. Was it really? And by, by the way, that, yeah. Anyone who out there who's Travis's age has never seen it, go watch the ESPN 30 for 30 about the USFL. And it legitimately could, could have competed with the NFL. It was a spring football league. They took um, a lot of guys who were going to be first-round picks in the NFL, and they lured them out of college to come play for the USFL. One of them was Doug Flutie. Um, so definitely check it out. But yeah, he, that was a, that was another spring football league. So I like that because not only was he in a, you know, not the NFL type league, but he's also, he's going to be in another one also in Houston. But apparently this guy likes to like turn around programs. He went, he took over Hawaii in 99 and led them to a sugar bowl in his final season. And then he went to SMU and led them to their first bowl win in 25 years. Mm-hmm. So I think that he can come in and just start from scratch and build this team up to be pretty good, which goes off of your Houston Roughnecks being good. Yeah. Yeah. Houston is definitely, I think, a, I think a dark horse. Uh, I don't want to hype up the Battlehawks too much, but I think they're a little like, not like you said, not getting a lot of love. So that's the second question. The next one we'll talk to, talk about the best offense in the league. So this is where I went, went a little different. I didn't see an offense top to bottom that I thought was the absolute best. I broke it down in three, and I, I, I picked three positions, quarterback, running back, and receiver, and I picked three teams that I think have the best quarterback roster, best running back roster, and best wide receiver roster. So how did you interpret, interpret this question, and who do you think has the best offense in the league? Um, my best offense, I, did, I actually had, went a little bit more rogue. I just did two. I can see the Vipers having a very good offense with Aaron Murray, you know, leading that regiment. And, like, they have, like I said, Quentin Flowers, that guy from USF, who they're probably going to be able to do a lot of tricky, weird stuff with, considering he literally just came out of college as a quarterback. Yeah, and, and like, that double forward pass shit we are just talking about. Like, if he's playing running back, yeah. I can see it being good. And just with with the quarterback people you get to pick from in this league, they are not that good. So I can see him being like the premier passer in the XFL the first year. So that's my first one. My second one, uh, I see the Battlehawks being good. They have like a three-headed QB system with Nick Fitzgerald, Jordan Tamu, and Taylor Heineke. I don't know how you say his name. So they can they have like a triple-headed QB who Nick Fitzgerald can run. They can run a triple option. They have Christine Michael, who had success with the Seahawks. Um, I just think they're going to be able to do a lot of things with their offense. Yeah, yeah. So um, I like that a lot. I'm breaking it down into, into, into quarterbacks, running backs, and receivers. So the best quarterback roster I saw in the league um, was the D.C. Defenders. And obviously they have Cardell Jones on their team who's kind of like being the, the quote-unquote you know, face of the XFL, I feel like. But they, their backup quarterback is former Buffalo University QB Tyree Jackson, who is huge. He has size. He has speed. And like Travis said, you can probably do some funky shit with because he's quick, he's big, he can throw the ball. So I, I see them as like having the best quarterback room in the, in the XFL. The best running back room for me by far is, again, Travis already mentioned them, the St. Louis Battlehawks. Um, you, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better backfield than that. They have two um, former SEC running backs, Christine Michael that played at Texas A&M, and Matt Jones from Florida. Uh, deadly combo. 
I think Matt Jones is going to be more of like the third down guy, whereas Christian Michael is probably going to get the, the lion's share of the carries, but still, again, a dangerous backfield. And then wide receivers, um, I think the Houston Roughnecks, and this kind of leads me to my just leading back to why I think they have a talented roster. Um, their wide receivers scored 182 touchdowns in college, the most amongst any other XFL roster. Um, they have Sammy Coates, as I've mentioned already. They have Jalen Saunders, the former OU standout. He has NFL and CFL experience. So um, I think they're probably the deepest wide receiver um, you know, core in the XFL. So that's kind of how I broke it down. I couldn't pick just one, so I just kind of broke it down in, 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 into positions. All right. The next we have best defense in the league, which is honestly impossible to guess at this point because we don't know it is. how the games are going to be played, who the defensive players even are. So I just took a stab in the dark based on what kind of what Vegas set the odds at, what their coaching looked like, and just what a little bit of their roster looked like. And I went with the LA Wildcats because they had the third best odds that Vegas set in the league. And we know for sure it's not because of their offensive talent. Like I said, their, their head coaching probably has a lot to do with this. They had that two-time Super Bowl defensive coordinator that they hired. So I just think that they could possibly be in the running for the best defense. Okay. I know I've been preaching Houston a lot, but I looked at it and they have the most SEC defense, SEC players on defense in the entire XFL. And to me, the SEC is the, is the like upper echelon of college football, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They have nine former SEC players on the defensive side of the ball. Coney Ely, you already mentioned. They have Walter Palmore from Mizzou. Gabe Wright from Auburn, another defensive lineman. They also have Trey Elston. I don't know if you remember him. He's a safety from Ole Miss. Um, pretty good ball hawk. Um, so I think Houston could have a pretty damn good defense in, in the XFL. All right. Um, before we get into the gambling odds for XFL this weekend. Oh, no, 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 no. Who takes home? Who's yeah. Taking home? said before we get to the gambling okay. odds, who okay. do you see winning it all? Obviously, I think you said the Roughnecks. I not, that's my dark horse candidate because since they are so low, they're plus 100. I, I haven't talked about a, a lot about Tampa Bay because I don't think that they stand out as like. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. (laughs) Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22 shopify.com slash free 22. There's one particular part of their roster where they stand out as like the favorite in any area, but they're the most well-rounded team. And I think at the end of the day, it all comes down to the head coach and Mark Tressman has that experience. Um, They're plus five fifty to to win the XFL and you know, his plethora of experience is going to help out a lot. So I'm actually picking Tampa Bay. I know it's the Battle Hawks quote unquote rival, um, but I think they'll win it. Uh, Houston's my dark horse. All right. You stole the Tampa Bay pick from me because that was my pick, and I've been loving on them all episode. But if, <coughs> if I were to pick a dark horse, I'd just roll with the Battle Hawks just because it's something to root for. But I think Tampa Bay has a legitimate shot, and they have the team uh, to compete to win it. So who knows, though? Yeah. So that's a little XFL preview. 
Let's roll into the week one gambling slate. There's going to be there's going to be four games every weekend: two on Saturday, two on Sunday, which I kind of like. Um, it all kicks off this Saturday, February eighth. You have this in game one is the Seattle Dragons at the DC Defenders at one p.m. Central on ABC, and the DC Defenders are seven and a half point favorites. Travis, who are you taking in this game? Um, I am taking the DC Defenders. In this one, like you had mentioned, they have Cardell Jones. They have a pretty good defense headed by Scooby Wright, the linebacker out of Arizona, who was great. I don't know how he didn't make it in the NFL. Um, but yeah, I just don't see Seattle being that good. They just have a team that was kind of put together, honestly, by disbanded players from the AAF. Their quarterback yeah. is Brandon Silvers. Um, but they do have a couple of Mizzou defensive ends and Marcel Frazier and Jacques Smith. Really? Seattle does, yeah, both of their defensive ends. But seven and a half, who knows how this game is going to be played. It's going to be a fun one to watch, the very first game uh, with the new rules and everything. But defenders minus seven and a half at home, give me it. All right, I'm doing the same thing. Um, I don't know if we're doing units on them, but I'm going to do one unit on this. I mean, I'm uh, not going to do more than one on any one of them. Yeah, yeah, not, not until I know, I know what's going on. Um, I'm also taking DC Cardell Jones. He's been positioned as the face of the league. And I think he really shows out big time in week one at home. Um, it's kind of, kind of their thing. So that rolls into the second game on Saturday. It is the LA Wildcats at the Houston Roughnecks at 4 PM central on Fox. The Roughnecks are five and a half point favorites. Travis, who are you rolling with in this one? The Roughnecks for sure. I mean, I just told you that I was not impressed by the Wildcats structure of their roster their offense just does not look promising whatsoever meanwhile the roughnecks you've been high praise on them i like their coach i like their style in houston five and a half should be easy all right i love the roughnecks let me let me let me preface this by saying that i think this game's gonna be pretty close i think we're gonna get one super close like badass game this weekend and i think this is gonna be that game which is why i'm gonna pick the LA Wildcats at plus five and a half um, doing a unit on it. Like we just said, a unit on all these games, I'm doing the Wildcats. You know, I love the Roughnecks roster and I damn near picked them to win the whole damn thing. Um, the Wildcats quarterback, where I said, Josh Johnson may be the best quarterback in the league because oh my God, from an experience standpoint, from an experience standpoint, he's been a journey. He played like six games, not even, like three games in the NFL. I just like him in experience-wise. I mean, the Houston Roughnecks, you know, they are got a really, really young squad, not a lot of experienced players. I think L.A. covers, but I think Houston wins. So I'm taking L.A. at plus five and a half. Man, Jared is riding Josh Johnson's dick. Um, that's it for the Saturday games. The Sunday games, you got first one at 1 o'clock Central Time. Tampa Bay Vipers, road favorites, minus two and a half at the New York Guardians. I am hammering the Vipers here. Yep. I think I the actually, Guardians. I actually, this, I, I said, I said one unit on all the games. This is actually the game I'll put two units on. Okay. Jared's going two on this. I'm just going to stick with one through and through. Uh, the Viper, the Guardians, I think, are going to compete for the worst team in the league. Meanwhile, me and Jared both like the Vipers to win the league. So minus two and a half on the road first game. I think they can get it done no problem with Aaron Murray and company. Same, yep, same thing. Um, Tampa Bay is one of my favorite teams in the league. I think Aaron Murray, who has experience in the NFL and the AAF, um, he's going to outduel Matt McGloin. I mean, that is, do I have to say more? Matt fucking yeah, McGloin. Matt McGloin. Yeah. Matt McGloin and company, who is with. Uh, well, also they have Luis Perez, who's that AAF quarterback who's supposed to be. He got traded from L.A. to New York. Yeah, I know. So and they also have uh, Joe Horn Jr., wide receiver. He's only playing because his dad pulled his cell phone out of a fucking field goal post. So. <laughs> I mean. I just had to throw that out there. Let's be honest. Um, which leads us into what Travis and I are excited for. We're definitely going to be sitting down watching some, watching this game for sure. Uh, maybe even live stream it. Who knows? You got our St. Louis Battlehawks on Sunday at the Dallas Renegades, four o'clock Central Time on ESPN. I believe Pat McAfee is going to be in on this broadcast. 
Renegades, renegades. Fucking shut up. <laughs> Biggest um, spread of the weekend. Yep, the Renegades are eight and a half point favorites. And I don't know about you, but I'm hammering the Battle Hawks. Oh, for sure. The only underdog that I am taking this weekend, not just not to win, but plus eight and a half. I mean, come on, that's just disrespectful. I don't think the Renegades roster is that good. And I feel like it's big because Landry Jones is their quarterback who does have a lot of NFL experience, but he's not, he's questionable this week. They might have to start their backup. Um, he said, he actually came out and said, he goes at worst, I'm out two weeks at best. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start or be back week two. I don't think he plays week one. Um, they're going to have to turn the reins over to former Syracuse quarterback, Eric Denji or Dungy. However you say it, he has AF experience. But I believe this plays in the Battlehawks' favor. They can run the ball with that deadly rushing attack. And I think the whole entire league sleeping on Jordan Tamu. He's the youngest quarterback in the league. He's tall. He's got a cannon. And then we have, and we have great receivers. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Battlehawks this one for sure. Yeah, easily. Don't think there's a question about it. But if you can find a place to bet the XFL odds, we just gave you our line, so go for yeah, it. Yeah, so the game, we, not a lot of places have the game odds out. They have, like, you can bet on who wins it. I'm sure most books, Bavada, my, my bookie, will, will release it come later this week, hopefully, uh, because it'll be fun. Um, but that's our gambling odds um, for the XFL. I do think it's a little silly that, I mean, this airing on ESPN, yet you can't even see the games on the ESPN app. So the XFL actually just – I got an email because I, I bought XFL gear. So, you know, come, come add on mentions for that. But I got an email today that the XFL has their own app, and I downloaded it, and it's actually pretty fucking good. So the, real quick before we move on to the trending topics, talk about UFC 247, I just want to get on my soapbox again finally and say why I have a lot of people out there who believe that spring football can't, can't work. It's proven that it can work. Just watch that ESPN documentary about the USFL. The reason why I didn't is because Donald Trump wanted to move it to the fall. Um, the XFL has done everything right that the AAF didn't do to make spring football work. Let's just, let's just get a finished season in, in the books first. But I'm just saying, I, I believe they've done everything right from social media, from marketing, from production. The AAF just kind of like, literally, Travis, you and I didn't even know it was going to happen until – like two weeks before the fucking season happened. Yeah, it's, it was very thrown together. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. So, But that is the the, uh, the generous digest for the week. Um, we're going to roll into trending topics. We're going to talk about UFC 247. Probably go through that pretty quickly. Um, we're only going to talk about three fights in that card, but it's a pretty, pretty good one. So let's get into it. All right, your trending topics this week, UFC 247. I know it was just – felt like just yesterday it was 246. Um, but there's three fights on this card to be exact on the, what we are going to cover. Um, obviously, all on the main card. The first fight of the night is on the main card. The men's heavyweight, number six, Derek the Black Beast Lewis. My balls is hot. Versus Alir Latifi, plus 195. Derek Lewis is minus 250, Latifi plus 195. Before we get into the fight logistics, who do you have winning this fight? I have Derek Lewis, but I, init- I, I didn't want to do that initially until I, until I dove into it. Yep, same. I was going to pick Latifi at first, but then I looked at it and I was like, holy shit, there's no way I can pick him. Got to go with Black Beast, Lewis. And I'm doing, I'm doing two units on, on Derek Lewis. But, I mean, he's minus 250, so you almost have to to even get anything out of it. Yeah. So, I will also do that. Uh, but, about the fight, Derek Lewis has had a couple rough outings against Dos Santos and Cormier. Okay, but those names you just said, I yeah. mean. Meanwhile, Latifi is not that great of a fighter. I believe he's 14 and 7. Yeah. He is 5 inches shorter, 30 pounds, 35 pounds lighter. He has five and a half inches less in reach. He stands no chance. He's coming off two losses in a row. And I think his only chance in this fight to even snowball's chance in hell would be to take this fight to the ground. And even then, Derek Lewis is a massive human. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going Derek Lewis by KO in the second. Okay. 
I mean, if one thing's for certain, Derek Lewis has entertaining fights. Um, and like we both just said, I almost picked against him here. But the more I dove into it, there's really two things that, that, that deterred me from that. The first is Latifi's two-fight losing streak and the fact he's lost four out of his seven losses by KO. Um, and Lewis is a KO machine. And two, if you look at Lewis's list of, of losses, pretty impressive. Junior Dos Santos, Daniel Cormier, Mark Hunt, Matt Mitrione, who's a legend. Um, and his list of victories is even more impressive than his losses. Um, so I don't think Lewis is going to lose this guy. I, have, I think it's going to be a quick one. I think he's going to come out and hunting. Um, I have him by round one TKO. All right. I have him by round two. So that was the first fight on the card. We're just going to skip to the co-main event, which is the women's flyweight championship bout. You got champion Valentina Bullet Shevchenko versus the number 10 fighter, Caitlin Blonde Fighter Chukajan. Sure, I butchered the shit out of that. Chukagian. Yeah, whatever it is. Shevchenko is minus 1,400. Yeah. Caitlin is plus 750. Honestly, dude, I mean, I am just picking. I'm picking Caitlin. Yep. Just because, like, there's no. So, I'm picking Caitlin. But if I, I'm, I'm picking Caitlin for gambling reasons, I'm picking Shevchenko to win. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, minus 1,400. But there's just no way you can root for that. What am I going to do? Put down $140 to win 10? No. Fuck out of here. So there's really no other choice here because of the value to bet for Caitlin Shukijin. Yeah. Plus 750. I did, uh, a, I did a half unit. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going one just because I'm not going to deal with the fogginess of a half. But Shevchenko's only losses in her UFC career are to Nunez. So it doesn't look promising yeah. for Caitlin. However, Caitlin is no scrub. She is number 10, but she's never been knocked out or submitted. So I think it's safe to say this fight might go the distance. So if you want to bet that, probably better odds. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to go with Caitlin by decision. Uh, yeah. I mean, I picked Caitlin for gambling reasons, a half unit. I'm act- I actually do think Shevchenko wins this by decision. Um, I don't think this fight – think, Yeah. I don't same. think this fight's finished at all. Um, so like Travis said, if you want to pick the fight to go the distance, the over on the rounds or whatever the fuck you can find, um, do that because I, I do think it's going to happen. Um, if you want some value, you can get, you know, Caitlin at plus 750. Uh, don't bet on Shevchenko money line. That's stupid. Um, Shevchenko, even, even Shevchenko by decision is probably better odds than, than her money line. So um, my pick for gambling is Caitlin, but for the actual sake of picking. I mean, yeah, you just have to. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. Um, going into the main event, almost similar to the co-main men's light heavyweight championship bout. My man. John Bones Jones, first number four, Dominic the Devastator Reyes. John Jones is minus 500, and Dominic Reyes is plus 350. Before we dive into this, I want to say that these odds should be closer because Reyes is not, is not plus 350 or a chump at all. He's not a chump. And 12 and 0. I mean, coming off, I mean, you can arguably say, like, arguably say that. Coming off John Jones' last fight, if Thiago Santos doesn't fucking completely tear his knee, we can be talking about something totally different here because he was in that fight even with a fucking totally blown out knee. Yeah, I mean, he was. It was. Uh, it if you was don't def- really know the mindset because I'm pretty sure John Jones was pretty beat up in that leg of his before he tore his knee. Yeah, John, jo- John Jones had to get wheelchaired out of there because his leg was so swollen. Yeah, so. Uh, um, but saying that I just can't will yeah. myself to bet against John Jones. I probably yeah. won't bet on this fight because it's minus 500, but I'm taking him. Um, he just has a reach advantage on every guy he fights on this instance. It's seven and a half inches. They're the same height. He's just one of the smartest fighters out there. He's going to keep his distance. Reyes is a primarily a stand-up fighter. So Jones can take this to the ground. If he wants to stand up, he's going to be smart like he was against his last fighter. Um, so I'm just going to go out on a wild card and say Jones by submission in the third. Okay. I like that. I'm also I don't going, think he loses. No, he's not. He's not losing to this guy. I mean, Dominic Reyes will be a force in three years. He might be champion in three years when John Jones decides to call it quits because this dude is, is legit. But he ain't the guy to, to knock John Jones off his throne. Um, I'm actually taking John Jones as well, minus 500. I'm doing five units on it. 
hit five, five units on McGregor, helped me out a little bit. So maybe this weekend I'm able to crawl out of the hole between the XFL and the UFC. I'll do three. Uh, just I didn't mention that. Yeah, but – you know, Dominic Reyes is, is a formidable, formidable opponent. You know, Jones is coming off back-to-back decision wins against um, Thiago, Thiago Santos. And when Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Ah. Uh. You can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Um, fuck, is it, I can't remember who it was before that. Who, John Jones? Yeah, it was Diago Santos. Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith, Lionheart Smith, yeah. Um, Reyes is 12 and 0. Do you, for the, uh, like, for you guys that don't know that, he's never lost in his mixed martial arts career. Um, and his last four wins have been pretty impressive. In May 2018, he knocked out Jared uh, Cannonier, who's now bumped down to middleweight in the first round. October 2018, he had a decision over Ovin St. Pro, who's no scrub. And in March of 2019, he had a split decision against Vulcan Ozdemir. Again, no scrub. In October 2019, he had a round one TKO against Chris Weidman at Chris Weidman's a light heavyweight day. You got to think none of these guys are even near, but that's my thing. All of these guys besides Chris Weidman, John Jones has, has made his way through. So I think what is going to be Dominic race's downfall is he's going to come like round three, like midway round three, around four. He knows he's going to be losing. He's going to have to fuck. Cause John Jones will point him to death. If he can, he knows he's going to be losing. He's going to come out. He's going to be hunting for that KO. And because that's the only chance he stands to win, and he's going to overstep. Jones is going to catch him with probably some devastating kicks, maybe one right to the fucking face. I think John Jones, once he does that, he's going to get stunned. I mean, um, Reyes can get stunned. John Jones gets gets on top of him and just ground and pounds him. Ref stops it. We're going Jones round four TKO. See, yeah, I mean, kind of like what you said. I mean, John Jones is just. So smart in the way that he approaches yeah. his fights. He's almost like a Tyron Woodley, but even better. Like he's not. Which, by the way, him. I've been following Tyron Woodley on social media, and that dude's all the way back. Yeah, but which yeah. will be great to see when he does. But I mean, he's almost like that. Like he's not going to lose his title by fighting stupid or trying to get a knockout or fight of the night. He doesn't care. No, he literally wants to hold the consecutive. He wants just to have that belt because he's lost it. Not. You know, he's lost it before all due to his own fault by being a fucking idiot. So yeah. he's not going to lose it again. So um, with that being said, we both picked John Jones. We think John Jones is going to win. If he does win and retain the belt, if you look at the top 10 in the light heavyweight division, um, which is 205 pounds for all, you do, all those of you who don't know out there, there's only one pound, there's only one weight division higher than that. It's heavyweight. Um, he's made his way through everyone in the top 10 at least once in the light heavyweight in the light heavyweight division. What is next for him if he beats this guy, especially convincingly? And how does he sell his fights to be more intriguing? Because right, I mean, I feel like this is a very not really highly discussed card outside the MMA community. Like you and I love UFC. We follow it, you know, we're ride or dies. But people who like just tune in for big fights, 
they're probably not going to tune in for this one. So what can Joe? What is what does Jones do after this? If, if, if I think part of it also is on the UFC because I mean, if you just look at the people on this card, it's like nothing crazy, honestly. Like Valentina Shevchenko, yes, she is amazing, but you know she more than likely will kick ass. Other than that, there's nobody on this fight card that like stands out to me. So yeah. I think one is part on them. They could do a better job of putting him with and, other but, people. But, but they, did, they did the same thing on the Cowboy McGregor card. But that's and, Conor McGregor. Yeah. I mean, John, I, but John Jones is, is in that fucking echelon, though. And, and So I'll let you finish. But Yeah, I don't know. I just think part of it is that, and I don't know if it's just the part that's like a lot of people know that he just wants to defend his belt. He doesn't really make the fights exciting much anymore. I mean – Outside of the Daniel Cormier fights, his fights are not anything crazy. Like dating back to 2013, he's only had one knockout, and that was Alexander Gustafsson. That's it, because he just wants to can like maintain that belt. Yeah, he's after a legacy. Um, but I also heard I also read something on the ESPN MMA Instagram today that his, or I heard it, it was a video uh, interview with his coach. And he said like the game tapes out on John Jones. Everyone thinks they knows how to beat, they know how to beat him. It's not like he's an up and comer anymore. We can just go out there and no one knows anything about him. He can just knock him, knock him out. He goes, he has to play, he has to fight smart. And if fighting smart wins him his belt, he's going to do that a hundred percent of the time, which I get. But with that being said, he has to do something. And he's even said, in another interview this week, he said, like, hey, like, if I win on Saturday, you know, I really don't have much left for me at the light heavyweight division. Like, I could go up and fight Stipe or fight DC. If they have a trilogy fight, I could fight the winner of that, which I would love to see. Although him and Stipe, I don't know how that fight would play out. I just think Jones is too, too scrawny to go up. If anything, I'd love to see him and Israel Adesanya fight at catchweight. Like, you know, Jones fights at 205, Adesanya fights at 185. Like, let's meet in the middle at 195 and have them yeah. fight a catchweight belt. Like, he has to get, before he calls it a career, I know he's still young, he has to get, like, a few big money fights that mean absolutely nothing, like a Cowboy McGregor fight or fucking uh, McGregor Diaz fight. Like, no belts involved, just fucking money and pure love of the sport. You know what I'm saying? So I agree, and I can – I totally feel that. I mean, like you said, like we – already mentioned he's chasing his legacy but he does i think he should get on whether it be his last fight or one of his last th- few fights he he needs to get that big fight that's like let's uh let's make this a pay-per-view card for the year yeah exactly like which uh, him and israel adesanya would be a damn good fight it would and i think he'd fucking pick that little scrawny fucker apart Oh, um, for sure, hundred percent. I mean, no one. I just, I'm, I mean, if Daniel Cormier can't beat John Jones, nobody can beat John Jones. No, and it'll be interesting because we'll talk about this in April whenever Adesanya's headlining card comes up against Yoel Romero. I'm not so sure that he can beat Yoel Romero. I mean, that dude is no fucking scrub. Oh, he's huge, and he got but Israel Adesanya is fast, and he got robbed in his last fight too. Israel against, Adesanya is so fast, though. You hear me though? Remember yeah. Romero got robbed against the guy? I can't remember his name. Fuck. Um, anyway, that's UFC 247. Tune in on Saturday or don't. We're going to be watching it regardless because we're, we're like that. There's every single pay-per-view card the UFC has coming up in, in the next few months is going to be legit, so I'll, I'll be tuning in. But lastly, let's round up the show. We're going a little longer than we have recently by talking about some trades in the MLB and the NBA. First of all, start with – Let's talk about the NBA one first because we were mentioning right. that earlier. All right. Um, and you were you said that Carl Anthony Towns wasn't happy with the one the Timberwolves made. That was with the Rockets, by the way. That was a 14-12 player trade. Yeah, I knew it was In which huge. the Timberwolves traded away Robert Covington and Jordan Bell, two power forwards. So, yeah, I'm sure Carl Anthony Towns is pissed because that's getting rid of some of his relief when he's tired. Yeah. Um, and so they traded the – the Rockets got Covington, Jordan Bell, and the Warriors' 2024 second-round pick. <laughs> the Hawks received Clint Capella and Nene. So Houston gave away both of their only centers. P.J. Yep. Tucker is playing center, and he's six foot six or something like that. He's, like, not that tall. Um, and the Timberwolves got Malik Beasley, Juancho, Hernan Gomez, Jared Vanderbilt, and Evan Turner, and Atlanta's first-round draft pick. 
Ooh. So the Timberwolves kind of cashed in on some lower name players in a pick. And the Nuggets got Shabazz Napier, Keita Bates Diop, Gerald Green, and Noah Vonley, and the Rockets' first round pick. The so Nuggets, Nuggets won that one. Nuggets and the Timberwolves cashed in on young on like younger players and picks. Meanwhile, the Rockets and the Hawks are like, we want to compete sometime soon or yeah. now. Well, I mean, the Hawks are the bottom of the fucking conference. So yeah, the and the Rockets from... gave away their center. So, honestly, this trade really made sense for nobody. So, I mean, the Nuggets are great, and they added some more bench pieces. So, And they got a first-round pick. That's true. That is very true. Just for by giving away – shit, I don't even know who they gave away in this trade. Yeah. So I knew that was a that was a big one. I know it was a it was a big wash bomb last night. Is what I read on Twitter this morning. Um, Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN. But um, yeah, so they gave away a total. Malik Beasley, Hernan Gomez, and Jared Vanderbilt are collectively averaging eleven points a game, four rebounds, and one steal. Trash, so. man. <laughs> NBA's weird, dude. Yeah, it's weird. But this is even weirder. Mookie Betts and David Price were traded from the Red Sox to the Dodgers. I mean, the Dodgers are fucking all in. Oh, the Dodgers are winning the World Series this year. All in. All fucking in. Because they no longer have to rely on Clayton Kershaw to choke dick in the playoffs. They have a guy who's won a World Series. Should Probably should have been a World Series MVP in 2018. And um, David Price. And Mookie Betts, one of the – the probably the best outfielder in baseball next to Mike Trout. Um, I mean, it's just what, I mean, the Red Sox are, are they completely giving up? I mean, the Yankees are going to might win 120 games in the AL East. Yeah. I mean, I'm not really sure what, I don't know if they just want to clear space and get people better. But I mean, like if you have David Price and Mookie Betts, that's just something that you just don't give up. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the return was, but it wasn't worth what they gave up. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, um, they're getting left-hand – or they're getting a package deal that includes outfielder Alex Verdugo, um, and then the trade includes a third team, the Twins, who are sending starter Kenta Maeda to the Twins, and then the Red Sox are getting a pitching prospect. So, yeah. I mean, I guess it's just to clear up cash. It was a fucking – it was a salary dump, bro. Yeah, it was a salary dump because, I mean, you got to think David Price, they're, pro- they're paying out the asshole for. And I'm not sure if Mookie Betts got an extension yet, but he's if not, he's going to – yeah. a huge contract. Yeah. I mean, let's look it up. But, dude, I mean, this is just clearly – I mean, they fired their manager. They got rid of – they brought in Alex Core. Alex Core wins a fucking championship. Um, and then they get rid of him, and now they're like, "All right, it's time to fucking just, you know, kind of dump everything." I don't fucking yeah. know. I don't know. It's a very odd thing to do, but you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. That's MLB for you in early February. <clears throat> Gonna be kind of weird to see how this season pans out after making a blockbuster trade in February. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is weird. So Mookie Betts has got one year on his deal. He's going to make $27, $27 million as his base this year. Holy um, shit. No incentives. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if they restructured his deal because last year in uh, Boston, he made $20 million, had a $100,000 incentive um, for either for being an AL MVP. or Yeah. So he had, he had some stuff in, in his contract. Um, but yeah. So. I, I, I don't know if they're using a franchise tag or what they were doing on him, but, you know, I'm looking at his salaries over the years. Yeah, they had to do something crazy. I mean, he jumped from 950000 in 2017 to $10.5 million in 2018, $20 million last year, and he's going to make $20 million, uh, what did I say, $21 million in, in L.A. this year? $27 million, sorry. Jesus. But, uh, I mean, I guess it makes sense, too, because I'm not sure if you know this, but the Dodgers also traded Jock Peterson yesterday really yeah they traded jock peterson and um one of their other pitching prospects ross fippling to the angels so at least they don't have to fucking move towns yeah Um, well technically anaheim's like an hour north of la but yeah yeah, either way they traded them for an infield 
up and coming infield prospect. I'm pretty sure. Man, that outfield in uh, in Anaheim will be interesting this year. But that's the trade talk. I know normally baseball season kind of dominates as soon as the NFL NFL season's over. But we got the XFL. We got some trade shit heating up. We'll have March Madness coming up soon. We'll have NBA playoffs. We'll have NHL playoffs. Mock draft. Mock draft is going to be a big one for us this year. We can't guarantee we're going to put an episode every week. We'll definitely put it on next week, kind of recap week one of the XFL um, and go forward from there. But um, hope you all enjoy this. And uh, let us know what you think of the XFL this weekend. If you get to watch the game, I encourage you to watch the game, especially if you're going to have, have football withdrawals. I think it's going to be a much, much more superior product than the AAF. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think it has a lot more going for it. Should be successful so we can be your St. Louis Battlehawks. XFL XFL fan base sports podcast along with everything else but that is it for this episode yep enjoy all the sports got going this weekend and we'll see you guys next week peace working on a weekend like usual way off in the deep end like usual niggas swear they passed us they doing too much haven't done my taxes I'm too turned up Virgil got a paddock on my wrist going nuts Niggas caught me slipping once, okay, so what? Someone hit your block up, i tell you if it was us. Man, a house in Rosewood, this shit too plush. Say my day's a number, but I keep waking up. Know you see my text, baby, please say something. Wine by the glass, your man, a cheapskate, huh? Niggas gotta move off my release day, huh? Bitch, this is fame, not clout. I don't even know what that's about, watch your mouth. Baby, got an ego twice the size of the crib. I can never tell a shit, it is what it is. Said what I had to and did what I did. Never turn my back on FBG, God forbid. Virgil got a paddock on my wrist, doing front flips. Giving you my number, but don't hit me on no dumb shit. Working on a weekend like usual. Way off in the deep end like usual. Niggas swear they passed us, they doing too much. Haven't done my taxes, I'm too turned up. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.